When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Ben, and we're hanging out here with Scott. Scott, I want to play, before we get into this, a little bit of a game with you. Okay. All right. Name that tune. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Ghostbusters. Oh, man. I was getting to that I ain't afraid of no ghost part. Are you good? Oh, I know it, though. Yeah, I know it. And I kind of had a feeling that's what it was right from the beginning, because I know what we're talking about today. We're and we are talking about not something uh, ghost-like itself. We're not talking about ghosts. No, not ghosts. But we are talking about something related. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of people when Ghostbusters came out, they thought the car in Ghostbusters was a hearse. That's right. How right or wrong would you say they were? They were. Uh, they were fifty percent right. They were fifty percent right. Maybe <laughs> we should. Maybe we should leave that to the and, and go into that later. Sure. What what is a hearse? What's a hearse? Well, a hearse, quite simply, I mean, we're probably all familiar with with what a hearse looks like. I would think. Yeah. Um, what a hearse does really is it it carries a casket, a, a body from the funeral parlor to the graveyard. Very specific use. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes they, um, you know, they, they're used for transport as well. They may have to go to the you know the the morgue and pick up a body and bring it to the funeral parlor. Um, so you know, there's occasions where it's used for you know. Other runs, you'll see them on the road when they're not part of a funeral procession. Okay, um, but for the most part, you know that's the main purpose is to carry bodies to and fro. So, what? Why do we need hearses then? I mean, there's a lot of other stuff they well, can carry. Uh, the, the main, the main reason is that it, you got to admit when you see a hearse, it's it's a very elegant looking vehicle. Oh yes, uh, very stately, um, and that's all part of a uh, kind of a grand ceremony a feel. That you know, this is there's something important happening, and that's you know, funerals is very important. Um, it's a grim circumstance, but um, you know, it is a ceremony, and these are kind of a very dignified way to to handle that. That's the word I was going to use. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's uh, that's the main purpose behind this is that um, you know, it's it's just a a stately way to carry a body. And 
you know, let's let's not age ourselves too much here, but I'm I'm fairly sure that as long as the two of us have been around, hearses have been in popular culture, right? People know about hearses. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, people. Well, there's a lot of use. You'll see hot rod hearses. You'll see drag drag racing hearses, mm-hmm. um, hearses that are just rusty and falling apart that people still drive around. You'll see them in fields. Rat um, rod hearses. Rat rod hearses. I, I have seen one rat rod hearse. Yeah, um, not in person, but mm-hmm. I'd love to. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, bands use hearses to uh, to carry equipment. Sometimes, uh, you know, of course. Not in use hearses. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. you know, they they get them used from funeral parlors or on eBay or wherever you find them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uses, and and really, when you think about it, they're a lot like a station wagon. So it makes sense, and if you can get past the uh, you know the uh, the mis- mysterious nature of it, right? If you, you can know. get past the the at the atmosphere or the way society regards them, that's right. Yeah, they they, they are a bit scary to some people and the reason and i've been thinking about this why is that why is a hearse scary oh good question well i think i think the reason is because it's just it's a it's a symbol of death um i I think that you know that that's automatically what you think of when you see a hearse right sure and that's a little bit scary to people most people anyways so um i i think that's really the kind of the root of the whole thing is that it's a symbol of death yeah i could i could see that yeah now i know something that uh uh, you want me to bring this up or not? But well, um, yeah, go ahead. You have a friend. You you you've experienced something I haven't here. You have been in a hearse before, right? But yes, riding in the front seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have. So tell tell me about this hearse that you were in. Well, okay, a uh, friend of mine um, back in the days of yore when people like me went to high school or people my age went to high school. A <laughs> uh, friend friend of mine had found happened upon uh, a used hearse got a pretty good deal on it in the from the funeral home in our town which interestingly enough i worked at for two weeks oh no kidding yeah well not not hearse involved and i was on i was on the bottom rung i'm not going to go into details we'll talk more about this later <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that's, that's it to me that's very interesting oh yeah well it's it, i'm glad i did it so so from the same funeral home uh this guy procures a a used Beat up hearse. Basically, they had told him, you know, we they already had. I'm not going to say a fleet, but they probably had two or three that were already running. Mm-hmm. And this one, he basically got the deal that if he if he fixed it, he could have it for a relatively tidy sum. And he did it, and uh, he he painted it up. You know, it wasn't in the best shape. It certainly it certainly wasn't as as clean or as efficient as you know a, a professional working hearse but man was he popular i think that is awesome i would i would love to have a hearse i oh, it would yeah. be really cool yeah i mean i know it's a little bit you know a little creepy a little strange but um i i wouldn't be the type though to display you know skulls in the window and that sure. type of thing there's a, there's a different um, level to this. I mean, you know, a lot of the sites that you go to, unfortunately, are the ones that have that type of image. Um, so if you try to find some images of hearses, mm-hmm. um, the clubs and things, a lot of them are kind of like that little uh, tongue-in-cheek type stuff, you know. Right. Why wouldn't you paint it green or something, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, or paint it a different color to get it away from and, that, maybe. And we even mentioned a few of, a few hearses that we've seen that have been on um, monster truck frames. Yeah. You know, where, and I, I see them here and there. I see at least a couple a year. Which mm-hmm. is really strange to me. I don't know why that's a popular vehicle to do that to, but it is. Um, so you know, the the body is six feet up in the air. Right. Um, strange, strange look. But um, you know, 
there are groups of people, you know, one is the uh, professional car organization, um, and professional cars, that's what they call these cars, I should say that up front, that um, hearses are known in the industry as professional cars. Um, okay. So, you know, there, there's a group that, um, well, professionalcar.org, and if you want to see some, you know, images of hearses that are being well-maintained and, you know, restored and, mm-hmm. you know, some really unique Variety, I guess you want, you want singular to see. vehicles. Yeah, that's right. It's really an interesting site to go to. And again, there's a you know we have a how hearses work article on our site, and there's a link to that site at the that site at the end of it. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's yeah, a great it's, resource. It's, it's worth looking into. Yeah, before really cool. before we go, speaking of looking into things, Scott, before we go into a closer examination of the modern hearses, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to pump you for information on this. They didn't start out that way, right? N- no, no. Which came first? Hearses or automobiles? Oh, um, I guess technically hearses did, but they weren't really called hearses. That's the that's the strange thing about this. Same purpose, but um, they were horse-drawn carriages and or coaches. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're covered. Was, you've probably seen these before. Um, they're big, very ornately carved wooden boxes um, with windows, oftentimes with uh, or maybe not with. Um, curtains hanging from them. They're just yeah. really, really decorative. A lot of times they're painted black. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been around since the 1700s. Uh, so they've been around a long, long time. And um, really the first hearses um, were really just kind of blending the automobile with that design. So uh, you see a lot of the original hearses, the, the, the very, very first hearses um, with that extremely boxy square back end. And um, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's it's taking the new technology and the old, mm. you know, sort the, the of marrying the two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we can we can talk about how they kind of developed, if you like. Oh yes, please. Um, well, what's interesting is that the the first the very first hearse was actually electric. Really? Yeah, it was electric, um, which is strange. But when you look back at the history of the automobile, you'll see that a lot of the first automobiles were electric as well so that makes perfect sense right yeah what, um, what year though what year was this 1895 is what we're talking about here no now, that's, that's the first motorized self-propelled vehicle that was used for that purpose okay uh, so later um as the internal combustion engine kind of came in you mm-hmm. know into play um that's when well i think it was right around um 1909 when that happened you know that that kind of revolutionized things. That, that made it available. That you know you could put this you could put this hearse body on the back of a Model T. You could put it on the back of whatever vehicle is being produced at the time. You know we've talked about how many car companies there were. Oh yeah. I assume yeah. there were just a ton of different varieties of this. Now at first, I mean a ver- the the very first hearse I should say was you know used for a few different funerals and people thought it was really great and you know the the wealthy people said hey I, you know I want it, I want this instead of that horse drawn thing that I've been in I see, we yeah. had we want this for our our funeral as well and uh it gained popularity and it, you know built momentum and it was very expensive uh you know for the day i think they said that a, a horse drawn carriage type of hearse would cost something like Fifteen hundred dollars, whereas one of these uh, these motorized hearses would be something in the neighborhood of like six thousand dollars. Wow! So it was a significant investment for the the, um, uh, the funeral director, but uh, might have paid off. You know, if you you got a wealthier clientele that wanted this kind of um, this treatment. Sure, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then mm-hmm. um, one other thing that I found out is that <laughs> this is really strange. Early on, it was not uncommon for the undertaker to also own a furniture shop or a hardware store 
and it's you know kind of been the way it has been, I guess, for a while here in the South, even. And Man. yeah, I know. No, no, I, I think I see where you're going with this. But go on. Okay. Well, the first hearses then were kind of this the, this big vehicle that could also serve as a delivery truck for the furniture. Company. Holy crap! No, I didn't see. I you didn't, didn't know you were that. going there. Okay, yeah. so yeah, the, the hearses were <laughs> were marketed to them to say, you know, you could be you, this could be a hearse. This could also be a delivery vehicle for you. So you can carry a wardrobe one day yeah. and a casket so, the next. That's right. Now, do you wow. have do you have a guess as to why a furniture salesperson might also be the undertaker? Uh, because they make caskets. That's right. See, okay, that's yeah. where I thought. Yeah, and hardware, of course, that kind of makes sense a little bit. That you right. Know, um, a lot of hardware involved in a casket. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and they said that, um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of some of these still exist in the South. Um, I haven't seen one ever. We were down in the South, and I've never seen one of these. But yeah, well, you know, we're we're in an urban center, which mm-hmm. a lot of people outside of Atlanta would say that Atlanta doesn't count <laughs> as the South any more than Miami. You know, yeah, I think you're right. So, so. Progressing through here so we can get yeah. to this is the, yeah. the 1930s. That was when, um, so let's say from 1909 to the 1930s. Um, in the 1930s, that's when the first Landau-style hearses appeared. Um, now, Landau is the, the type of hearse that you're probably familiar with right now because that's a, the style that's popular okay. even now. The back end of the vehicle doesn't have any extreme rear windows. Uh, there's a panel that covers it, and it usually uh-huh. has um, what they call a Landau bar. Oh yeah, that uh, looks like I'm tracing an, it in the air, but it, it's, it looks like an S. Yes, um, kind of an odd shape, a stylized. Um, yeah, that's S. right. And that that design element, that bar that we're talking about, actually comes from. It resembles um, a Lando style hearse. I'm sorry, Lando style coach from the 1800s, and that was the um, the design of the the hinge that brought the canopy back over the over the coach. Oh, um, so it's it's this really old. Yeah, really, really old um, design or style that comes from that that time period or element, I should say. Um, I thought that was pretty unique. Yeah, that's fascinating. Inter- interesting that that's where yeah. that came from because you still see that today. So Landau, yeah. So now it seems that they're still the dominant style. The Landau style, it, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah, that's right. And um, well, another thing is that in the 1930s and 1960s, this Landau style was, of course, still. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, that's when it began in the 30s. But um, there were combination vehicles in that time period, between the 1930s and the 1960s. And the strange thing is that they had these Landau, these Landau panels on the back that could be, some, some vehicles did, uh-huh. that could be removed. So when the vehicle was in, in service as an ambulance, um, you, you could take off the back panel. It didn't look like a hearse that was you know, coming up to pick you up. It looked like an ambulance that was coming to pick you up. It had a window behind that panel. That's refreshing. That would make me feel more optimistic. Yeah, I would think so. So these, these combination vehicles that were you know, served as ambulance and hearse uh-huh. uh, were popular for a good 30 years in, in the United States. And what's really kind of strange about this, and I didn't know this before reading this, was that um, the funeral director also was the person that ran the ambulance service in town. And uh, that kind of made sense. You know, it was just a way to yeah. make a little extra money. You know, um, more and more, it seems like one thing we're learning in this episode is that funeral directors and undertakers are entrepreneurial. Yeah, they're very resourceful, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Make do with it. That's right. And I mean that as a compliment. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So where where else do we go with the evolution well, of hearses? You know, we said that you know until the 1960s, that was when these combination vehicles were around. Yes. And that's the Ghostbusters vehicle that we talked about. That vehicle is um, a combination vehicle. That's exactly what we're talking about. Those long, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they, they look like a great big station wagon. You know, sometimes they're used as an ambulance. Sometimes they're used as a hearse. Wow. Um, so that that type of vehicle is very very popular among collectors. And um, and going back to the beginning. If we guessed it was a hearse, we were 50% right. That's right. Yeah, because uh, half the time it was being used as a hearse. Man. Half the time it was an ambulance. And, um, of course, there's a lot of unique hardware that went along with that. You know, mm-hmm. of course, there are fold-out seats and, um, you know, attachments for oxygen bottles and, and Medical tables equipment. And, yeah, medical equipment. But, of course, that's unnecessary when you have a, uh, a casket in the back. So all of that has to either go away or somehow fold into the, the load floor. Yeah. And, you know, it could do that. They're very functional. And so what what are some unique features would you say about oh, hers? Um well I think maybe the well the biggest thing is the uh, the back end of course. Okay. Um, yeah. that, you know the, they're they're unusual they're long vehicles they're usually made from Cadillacs or um you know Buicks or you know I'm trying to think of what are some other some other larger ones? Yeah, some, they're just big cars, really. They're made from the boats. Yeah, they're made the from land boats. Gigantic cars, yeah. Okay. And um really what they do is they they cut a car in half and they you know, well, the body, I should say, uh-huh. and add kind of this long center section really to it. There's probably more, there's a lot more to it than that, of course. Right. Um, and nowadays they're fiberglass and, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier, but back then they made, you know, the metal bodies and it was just really stretching a big car. Wow. Um, but they, they were not made from the factory that way. You know, Chevrolet never made a hearse. Ford never made a hearse. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you had a Lincoln hearse uh-huh. it was not made by ford it was you know the vehicle the, the donor vehicle was a yeah a ford. Like a town car or something yeah that's right and um you'd send it somewhere and have it done um to a company that makes hearses and there's still companies around that do that there's in fact the oldest one in the united states i believe is um acubilt acubilt yeah acubilt and i think they've been around since 18 scuffling for my notes 1876 1876. Yeah, that's right. So they started back in the uh, horse-drawn carriage days, and they still make hearses. Well, congratulations to them. They must be doing a a good job. Yeah, must be. I think. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you know a lot of them are are doing well. Mm -hmm. um, But AccuBelt, for whatever reason, has really hung in there. Man, and so now I guess we we can get back to. I'm sorry, I got way away from your topic. But um, what makes them really unique is that back end. Um, and, And if you've ever looked inside one, there's a load floor. Yeah. It's up higher than the wheels, so it's very flat back there. There's, There's no, no wheel wells intruding in the in the storage space. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's like um, you know, the, the truck you would see that, but a pickup truck you'd see that, but it's not the case in a, in a hearse. Um, it's flat back there, um, and they have rollers on the floor so that you know once the casket goes on in place, yeah. they can roll all the way to the front and roll all the way to the back. It, it helps um, you know get the c- casket inside, um, and there's also something they call. Um, uh, hang on one second, I'll, I'll come up with it. But okay. uh, they're pins that they they secure this in place, and they're called beer pins. Beer pins. Yeah, it's like B E E. Oh, B E I R. No, B I E R. Oh. But beer pins, which really all it all that is is just a pin that fits into a slot that um, mm. that holds the casket in place while it while it's in travel, so that it doesn't slide you know fore and aft and you know. That's very necessary. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I guess caskets don't want, are. Oh, good. Oh, uh, caskets are how long? Oh, well. About, um, I'm guessing close to eight feet. Yeah, if not yeah. eight feet. More uh, than six feet, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I bet so, they're longer than and that. And then, the, and then the, we have to estimate there's a certain margin of space between the front seat and the 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 door, the rear door. Yeah. Right? So yeah. they have to have those pens. Yeah, and these cars that we're talking about are enormous. So I mean, yeah. if you can carry something that long in the back with you know and shut the door 
and have room for the driver. I mean, it's just they're, they're enormous. These mm-hmm. cars are huge. Um, and the kind of crazy thing about the load floor, a lot of these, you know, they have extenders that will slide out. You know, some of the new ones do. Oh, um, so okay. that, that helps as well. Um, in the past, now those are um, they have they have rear loading or they call them end loaders, which um, there's one big door in the back that opens up, you know, swings to the side, and you can load in that way. Uh-huh. Long, long time ago, um, they had side loading cars where uh, the, the the load floor would kind of would would slide forward or back, I guess, mm-hmm. and you could pull the the uh, the end towards the driver out towards you on the curb side. So if the vehicle's parked on the curb, uh-huh. um, let's say you're parked in front of the church, and as the body exits the church, it goes. To the, to the side of the vehicle rather than to the back of the vehicle. And load force load floor swings out just slightly so that you're able to load it onto that platform, slide it in, and then and then kind of work it back into the car. And it's on this kind of a Y shaped track. So okay. the and the purpose was that um, in the you know, know early days I should say, um, you know, twenties, thirties, uh-huh. a lot of roads weren't paved. And um, you know, you didn't want to have the the people they're carrying the casket walking through the mud at the back of the car. Uh, I see. And you would you know, depending on how the person parked, I guess you would almost always have to uh, walk in this slippery, muddy environment, and it just wasn't safe. And um, you know, a lot of bad things could happen. So, yeah. so, so, okay. Not to sound too poetic here, but mm-hmm. it sounds like the evolution of hearses is also a story of uh, really adaptation. And, yeah. And yeah, that's right. Even more so than innovation. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention, Ben, is that there was something called a flower car for a while in in history, in this uh, this funeral history, I guess. What's a flower car? Scott? Flower car. It, you know what? You may never have even seen one of these. You'd have to look it up just to see one. Uh-huh. Um, they're pretty interesting. It's it's a lot like the size of a hearse. Okay, imagine that. Okay. Okay, so it's it's still built on a Cadillac, still built on the Buick or Lincoln or whatever. You know, the the big luxury vehicle. I'm with you. Okay. Have you ever seen an El Camino? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now that's a terrible, you know, uh, comparison, I guess, because we're talking about a great big Cadillac or a great big Lincoln or whatever. Sure. But you know that it has that open back end. It looks like a, a truck almost, right? Yes. That's what a flower car looks like. Only Cadillac version of that. And the reason that it was used, and, and this is really just strictly utility. I mean, it was it was had a very specific purpose, and it's an expensive way to get flowers from the funeral parlor to the gravesite. So you would load all of the grave graveside or graveside uh-huh. flowers into this flower car, and it was open on the top, so it was this very, um, you know, it would almost be arranged in the back. I see. Uh, to make one big, well, the whole bed would be filled with flowers. One gigantic arrangement of flowers. That's, that's right, and then that would be part of your funeral procession. Procession is part of the funeral, yeah, yeah, and, it, and that, was, that was just added to the, uh, you know, the, the ceremony. I mean, it was more of a, uh, even that much more of an elegant. Affair, and these cars. I mean, I've seen reports that you know there were forty-five, fifty thousand dollars cars that you know were Man. strictly used for carrying flowers back and forth. Um, they initially they didn't have the size capability to also work as body transport, and they didn't have covers. Some of them didn't have covers. I see. Now later that changed. You know, they made higher sides on them. Uh-huh. They were able to carry bodies, even if it was just transport, not necessarily to the gravesite, but. Uh, from maybe the morgue to the the funeral parlor, sure. um, so they were made a little more purpose um, purpose built later, um, or useful later. Yeah. Um, but 
pretty much that's gone away. And and from what I want to hear, that was really just an East Coast and Canadian thing. It really didn't spread much farther than that, which is really strange to me. I don't know why the East Coast and, and Canada, that was a popular thing to have um, yeah. as part of your funeral package that you could offer. Yeah. So, um, again, that's called a flower car, and definitely look it up. It's worth checking out. They're, they're really unique it seems, seems an interesting chapter in the story. Yeah, and they're they're very rare. I've got, I've got I've got one pretty cool one before we wrap it up. Yeah. If you had a hearse, what would you do with it? If I had a hearse, I now see I probably would be one that would restore it to original condition. Oh, yeah. If, if I had the money, I would I would like to do yeah. that. And because um, I've just seen too, too many crazy hearses. Now, if it was already in rat rod condition, uh-huh. oh boy, you would just, you know, oh yeah, that would be cool. But or if it's close to that, you yeah, know, but, you would um, take that baby the whole nine yards. Yeah, that's right. Now, if it was restorable, if it was close uh-huh. to that, I, I would keep it in original condition. Yeah, you know what I would do? What would you do? I would get one that was one of the combination ambulances from the Ghostbusters. I mean, you, okay, look, you saw this coming. Or I would spend all my time trying to make it as much like that as possible because I have seen too many movies. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that – does that wrap it up for oh, us? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, by the way, I love that style. I think that's a cool – Oh, cool man. Car. We yeah. would be so – we would be the awesomest people in this office. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. We already are, but- Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we've got we've got some we've got some great colleagues to work with, of um, course, and we've got some great listeners. One of whom was nice enough to send us some listener mail. That's right. We've got listener mail from Courtney. All right, Courtney wrote in, and she said that. Um, well, she read the blog, and she said that um, she, she read about the Prius, how it doesn't have any belts. It's a beltless engine. Okay, so yeah. the 2010 Prius is a beltless engine. And that made her kind of think, hey, I wonder what other car parts or pieces are manufacturers trying to get rid of? What are they trying to, question. What are they trying to develop out of the vehicle? You know, make it easier for us and, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, simpler, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a very good question. So um, she said that, you know, it also reminded her of, of things of the past that have gone away, like carburetors. Uh, which was also a good point. And, um, well, really, I just, you know, it's funny. I just was editing an article uh, for our site about in-wheel electric motors. And the cool thing about in-wheel electric motors is that you can do away with the engine, the transmission, a lot of the braking components, um, the axles. You can, yeah. you can do away with a lot of, of elements that are normally there. I mean, you're talking about getting rid of the engine, Ben. Yeah. So, um Things like that are on the way. Maybe we'll, you know, investigate this a little deeper and see if we can do a podcast on it. Um, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Or you know, future blog or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that was a good question. So thank you, Courtney. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, see, so you got anything else? I, I guess all, all we have to do now. Oh, I guess I should say thank you as well, Courtney. We love the listener mail. Uh, and to our listeners out there, uh, thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about hearses with. Uh, with the two of us and if you have any ideas for a future topic or episode please follow Courtney's example and send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com Be sure to check out our new video podcast Stuff from the Future Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived Download it today on iTunes This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.